Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Educational Podcasting Today, the podcast that celebrates educators who are doing podcasting in their home studios or with their students. And today we have a fantastic guest from the St. Louis area. My guest today is J.P. Presavento from the St. Louis area. J.P., how are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, I'm doing great, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It is so great to meet you. You are an educator. You are a podcaster. You're a, you're, you're a multi-podcaster, in fact. Tell us a little bit about some of the things that you're doing in St. Louis. Yeah, definitely. So um, here in the St. Louis area, I serve a local school district as the instructional technology coordinator. So I develop and deploy all kinds of ed tech PD for our 850 teachers, 50 administrators across 18 sites. Uh, I've been blogging for about, oh gosh, I think eight or nine years now. And I have a couple of podcasts as well. I have my own podcast called The Bits and Bites of Education. That's bites of technology, not bites of food. And on that show, I kind of talk about um, what I'm learning in terms of ed tech, what I'm reading and listening to. I talk to an educator who's doing amazing things. And I share a short Short little thought about ed tech. I have another show called the Ed Tech Pod Squad, and that one, you know, it's really just kind of a, a panel cl- panel conversation. Once a month, myself and four other tech leaders from Missouri, we get together, we have a topic, we hit record, and then we really just kind of let people listen in on our conversation when we're all done. It's not a super refined show. It's really just kind of us learning from each other and sharing that conversation with the world. It is so nice to see somebody out there also doing tech coaching, also doing podcasting, trying to change what's going on in their classrooms, as we say here, one podcast at a time. And if you guys are out there listening and you're interested in creating your own podcast, we would love to interest you in our brand new TeacherCast Ultimate Guide to Educational Podcasting. Guys, we have put together a complete solution for how to plan your podcast, record, edit, publish, and produce everything about your podcast. If you guys are looking to put your podcast together this year, or perhaps improve your podcast, head on over to TeacherCast.net. You can learn all about our brand new ultimate guide for educational podcasting. And on top of that, you can download your copy today absolutely for free. Just head on over to educationalpodcasting.com, the brand new educationalpodcasting.com. Learn everything about how you guys can create your podcast just like JP is doing in the St. Louis area. And Jeff, I got to tell you before you jump in, I have that website up on my screen right now and it does. It looks sharp. It looks great. Well done on that. Thank you so much. Uh, We have spent a lot of time putting together the ultimate guide to podcasting. And what we're going to be doing between now and ISTE is to be creating the ultimate guide to classroom podcasting. And so that way we have a a brother and a sister kind of a thing here um, because we're looking forward to ISTE. It's coming up at the end of next month, at the end of June. And TeacherCast is going to be doing two, not one, but two podcasting workshops. We're going to be doing a workshop at 830 in the morning on Saturday. Yes, I 
I know, guys, 8.30 in the morning. But it is a two-hour podcasting workshop. We're going to be going into everything about educational podcasting, and we're going to be teaching you guys how to use your favorite podcasting applications. All there, all hands-on, all there, Saturday morning at 8.30. And then on Monday, at a time I'm not sure about yet, we're going to be doing a one-hour podcasting workshop. We're going to be diving into some of the broader topics happening. So if you guys are going into ISTE, JP, thank you for that segue. It is so nice to have a podcaster here on the show. JP, talk to us a little bit about your shows. You had mentioned that you're doing two. Um, how did you get started as a podcaster? You know, so I've been into listening to podcasts for a couple of years now, and I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was outside mowing the grass two summers ago, and I remember this very vividly. I was mowing the grass, and I was listening to someone's show, and I said to myself, why shouldn't I be doing this? I have stories to tell. I have a voice. I know amazing people who I can help amplify their voice, so why don't I do this on my own as well. Started getting a little Google Keep list going on my phone that very day with ideas for segments and guests. And it took a little bit of time, but eventually I kind of worked up to getting stuff going and I rebranded my old blog, The Bits and Bytes of Education, as The Bits and Bytes of Education podcast. Now, my other show, the EdTech Pod Squad has a funny story. Last year, I was part of a crew that evaluated proposals for ISTE in Chicago. And there were five of us in that group. We had a, just like all the groups who evaluate those proposals, we got together on a little Google Hangout and we started talking about proposals and talking about our own work life. And we kind of stopped and said, it's a real shame we're not recording this. This conversation will make a great podcast. And from there, we just did a little bit of logistical planning and the EdTech Pod Squad, a monthly show, kind of was, was born from that. That is a great story there. It's very similar to how we got started here on TeacherCast, where you're just sitting there going, hey, why can't I do that? And there's so many people out there that are listening to podcasts these days and looking around and going, my goodness, it seems so easy to do this. There's so many platforms. You can either podcast for free um, on some great platforms or, you know, it doesn't take a lot of money. Talk to us a little bit about the investment here, right? Because there's a lot of people that are saying, is podcasting expensive? This show is designed to show off that it isn't expensive to podcast. So what, what does your process look like? You said you organize everything in Google Keep. You put your show notes together. What happens when you hit the record button? What are you looking at? What are you recording into? How does that process work? Yeah, so when I am just kind of recording on my own, so right now I'm on my MacBook, I have my, what do I have, my Audio-Technica 2000 mic, there's like 60 bucks on Amazon. Right now, it just USBs right into my computer, so I don't have any additional um, costs going on there. When I do segments on my own, I record right into Audacity, which is a free open-sourced audio editor, as I'm sure many people in, people in the audience already know. When I have a guest on the show, I actually use Zoom, which is a video conferencing tool, to record our video call, pull down the audio, and edit that into Audacity as well. When I'm all wrapped up, I have a nice little final product that I put my bumpers in, and some people will go ahead and pay for um, your bumper audio, but I went into the YouTube audio library, found some nice creative commons public domain licensed audio clips for my bumpers slap those the beginning and end and i upload to my host podbean and i have a mid-level um subscription there it's like 10 bucks a month it does everything i need it to do 
and that sends it sends my podcast out everywhere it needs to be and then on the web hosting side because i know you'll probably get into this in a minute i actually host through weebly Mm. And the cost, again, is pretty minimal. I own the domain jpprez.com, and I pay a small fee for their hosting. And all in all, it's probably 20 bucks a month, and I'm, I'm set for my website, my blog, and my podcast. That, that is amazing, right? Like it, it really is inexpensive. And anybody who is interested in getting into podcasting can do this. You know, the only thing you really need is a place to store your audio and then a website that looks, you know, halfway decent to show off your stuff. And, and it doesn't take that long to put all this stuff together. Talk to us a little bit about your topics. How do you come up with the things that you're talking about? Cause we've been discussing a lot here on teacher cast, how to find your avatar and find out what your avatar needs. What questions does your audience have? Talk to us a little bit about your process for topics. You know, and first, Jeff, I want to say that finding your avatar, that's something that really spoke to me when I heard you and Nick talking to Matt Miller on Ask the Tech a couple weeks ago. And he used that phrase thing that I hear you guys use once in a while. And that really spoke to me. And so when I'm thinking about my avatar, I'm thinking about teachers who are familiar with tech. They're getting their hands dirty. Maybe they're those tech coaches. So I'm not sharing a lot of kind of basic entry level information. It's really my audience, my avatar is that person who has some experience. They have some knowledge that, like I said, they're getting their hands dirty. So I'm sharing kind of recent updates. I'm sharing kind of my why behind education, my why behind technology and all my thoughts to kind of elevate the thinking of those folks who are already incorporating and using tech in the classroom and with the teachers they serve. What's next? Right. You have your avatar. You figured out what kind of topics that you want. Um, tell me a little bit about your show notes because your show notes look really, really hot. And uh, by the way, we, I don't think we said it enough here. Your website is jpprez, J-P-P-R-E-Z-Z dot com. Um, talk to us a little bit about how you put all your stuff together because they, they seem like they're Google SEO friendly, which is something we always stress here on the show. Oh, well, I'm, gl- I'm glad you think so, Jeff, because I'm never sure if I'm doing it quite right, to be honest. When I pull my show notes together, I have a Google Doc format that I use that I send over to my guests that has sections of the show. It has the um, general questions that I may be asking them. And from there, I just kind of take a quick little summary. I throw headings into the into the um, into the website when I'm editing that blog post for those show notes. And then I just grab those headings. I grab a quick little summary of what we talked about, any links I referenced in that section of the show. And I really call it a day. I'm not spending a whole lot of time when I'm putting together those show notes because I really want the show notes to be a place to go. If you're listening and you just want to grab a link or you want a quick overview of the guest I'm speaking with. So continuing our story we have our topic we have the needs of our avatar we have our equipment we have our website we have our show notes it really all does come down to having that conversation right it comes down to talking to your audience talking to your guest and really using your podcast to 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 kind of be that extra voice you know you know again people listen to this stuff in the car they're listening to it on the run why is it important for your podcast to be theatrical? Tell a story. Keep, you know, it, why is storytelling important? Oh my gosh, absolutely. So, 
And I'm going to tell you, Jeff, I hit the 20th episode of my podcast. I actually just published it yesterday. Mm, congratulations. And I went back. Thank you. And that's been a year. And I went back and I listened to episode one. And I listened to the preview show I did. <laughs> if you ever want to be humbled, if yes. you're a podcaster, go back and listen to that first episode. I know the advice you give is to take that first one, hold on to it, put it in the vault for later. But if you're like me, you are really excited to get your voice out there and to start telling telling your story. So I published that first episode and I published that preview episode and kind of seeing that growth is, is insane because I'll tell you, if you don't have a good story to tell and you don't have a theatrical way to tell that story, your listeners are going to turn you off. And those iTunes stats are going to say something like 5% instead of a little bit closer to a hundred percent. And and you're so true about that, right? And, and and even when you're planning a show by yourself or when you're planning a show with a, a guest, I often say your podcast should be like your lesson plan. In today's show, we're going to talk about this, 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 and this. Then you talk about it, and then you go down. Now, the question is always going to be, once you go through a few of those talking points, how do you get your listener to stay and listen to the end of the show? This is something that we struggle with all the time here on TeacherCast, and be because we're struggling with this, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk to JP about all the other reasons why podcasting is important. And we're going to give you guys the opportunity to uh, to get a few freebies from the TeacherCast Educational Network. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more from JP and educational podcasting today. Friends, before we move on with our show, I wanted to let you guys know I have been in education now for almost... 20 years. And I've seen the changes some students have come to face every single day, whether it's going through school hungry, not being able to see a doctor when they're sick or not getting the proper rest at night. These challenges make it hard for kids to focus on their learning. I remember a story of a student who came to my office one day and she could barely stay awake due to all the circumstances happening around her at home that were beyond her control. I didn't know what I could do and I wanted to be able to help her out in any way that I could. Thankfully, Concordia University in Portland is leading the way with their three to PhD program that helps to combat students' fears freeing them to pursue their highest dreams. They're revolutionizing education by creating holistic model that provides groceries, healthcare, and even clothing to students right here on campus, helping them thrive and helping our communities strengthen and grow. Concordia's College of Education offers online and on-campus programs where students have the opportunity to learn about a more compassionate approach to education and see how nurturing the whole student can lead to amazing things. To learn more about how you can help students conquer their monsters and achieve their highest dreams, visit cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. That's cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. And we're, use the hashtag nature educate grow. We are back here on Educational Podcasting. Today, I'm talking to J.P. Presavento all about his two amazing podcasts. You can, of course, find out more information about the great thing he's doing over at jpprez.com. That's J-P-P-R-E-Z-Z.com. That's an extra Z for savings? Presavent no. Presavento has two Zs in it. It's an extra, oh, for an extra Z. There you go. They used to call me the man with two Zs, so I got to own it. Now, JP, you do two shows. Many of us out there in, in, our, in podcasting land create our first show and then decide immediately, well, if I can do one, I can do another. 
Um, I, I'm certainly not anybody to speak about doing multiple shows, but how, how different are your shows? How, what is the, is it just a topic difference? Is there a philosophy difference? Do you do a different intro? What is the, the, the difference between putting two different shows together? Yeah, so the topics are pretty similar. Uh, you know, we talk about ed tech in both shows. The real difference I feel between my personal show and then the group show we do is that group dynamic. When we do the ed tech pod squad, we're a group that gets together every single month and we record. A few of us see each other kind of in the interim there. So we have a different rapport that I may have with the guests that I speak with for 20 or 25 minutes on the bits and bytes of education. So you can really feel the banter. You can kind of feel the relationship that that group has among each other. And that's really the big difference is that rapport we have and that ability, I feel, to get people to stick around because they feel like they're part of that group. What goes into your thought process behind these? I know with me doing a, a podcasting show uh, with you as a guest is totally different than me doing the tech coaching show where I have Nick as my common wingman. Um, how, how do you prepare for all that stuff? Yeah, definitely. So with the one-on-one -on -one show, the questions that we're going to ask are going to be a little bit more solid than they are with the group show. I'm going to plan that one out a couple days ahead of time, and I'm going to have a Google Doc with a nice little table in it, and it's going to have my questions. And again, I always, I never stick with stick right to the script. And my guests know that, but I have a little spot for the questions I'm going to ask. And they have a little spot that they can put their little bullet points if they want to plan ahead. And we kind of have that as a, I have that as a pretty regular structure on my individual show on the group show. It's, I don't want to say unorganized, but it's a lot more off the cuff mm -hmm. because there are five voices, five individual areas of expertise. And we're all wanting to make sure that we play into each other's strengths and that we all make sure we give each other an opportunity to have the mic for a little bit. So that one is a lot more, it's a lot more conversational. The, we, we started out with specific questions that we're going to do, kind of like the individual show, and we found that it made it a little too stuffy. So we kind of say, you know, we're going to record later this week, and we're going to talk about submitting presentation proposals, and that is as much prep as we're going to do ahead of time. Now, how difficult was it creating the first show versus how difficult was it creating the second show? Um, the biggest part with the second show with the group podcast is really just the logistics of five ridiculously busy folks getting together at once. That's honestly the biggest struggle. If we had the opportunity, we could record more often, but it is so hard to get all five of us on a video call at the same time, getting being able to talk about something and focus our attention. The individual show is a little bit easier, obviously, because I can do that, you know, at six in the morning, I can do that at 1030 at night, whenever I can coordinate with one person. And if I can't do the whole show, then I can, you know, record my own individual parts whenever I have time around there. And I'm still good to go. That's awesome. And, and is it difficult that do you find it difficult having a is it a democracy? I mean, is it like like when you create that that podcasting show note for yourself? Clearly, you you say if you like it or not. But when you got five other people, it takes a little bit longer. You know, it's not nearly as difficult as I thought it was going to be. Okay, we're all really really busy, and whoever is willing to kind of step up and own an episode, we just say more power to you. You're going to own it. <laughs> what have you learned? 
All right, you've got you've been doing this for twenty episodes. You've got two shows. What like what's the one thing if you could kind of reach back to episode one, JP, and say, "Yo, hey, what, what's the one piece of advice you'd give yourself?" You know, my biggest piece of advice, and as we're talking, you may notice is something I'm still struggling with is give myself time to talk. Don't rush through my episode because if I'm rushing through what I'm saying, my audience, they're not picking up nearly as much of that conversation or nearly as much of my monologue as I really want them to. And if I'm rushing through what I have to say or if I'm trailing off at the end like my wife says I does, then, again, I'm not going to have people sticking around to the end of the show. The other big thing I've learned, so this is a two-part answer for you, is people want want their story told. And all I have to do is ask them, and they're going to be willing to tell their story. It, it, you know, I was listening to an interview the other day of, of Howard Stern, and they were interviewing him. And the whole idea is, why is it so easy for celebrities to come on the Stern show and just open up about the most you know, sensitive subjects? But as soon as they get on his couch, he does that. And to listen to some of his answers, and he's like, all I'm doing is just asking a question. I'm open to my audience, and that makes them want to be open to the audience. And it really just comes down to that 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 key thing that every podcaster needs to do, which is connect with your avatar, connect with your podcast listeners, and really have that relationship to let them know what you're doing. How do you handle and, and have a relationship with your audience? Do you get a chance to interact with them? Do you do emails? Do you do freebies? Like, What do you find so far that's working for you to grow your audience? You know, that's a real good question. And that's something that I still am working through quite a bit. Um, I feel like a big part of my audience are people who have a connection to me. Maybe, maybe they've seen me speak before. Maybe they're someone who I've reached out to or who has reached out to me. And I say, oh, you need help? Absolutely. Let me help you. And that's really a big part of how I connect with people. I'm, I just, I'm willing to jump in and help out and kind of offer assistance. Um, I give away a lot of things on my website. Folks reach out to me on Twitter. I share, I share and I share whatever folks need. And I feel like that's a good way for me to build rapport. Now that's not necessarily a scalable approach, right? Cause there's only so much help one can really give in real time. Right. So I'm still working on ways to connect and grow that audience, but that's really my strategy. And, the other part of the strategy is just to be genuine, to be real, and to be myself. And if folks see that I'm being me, I really think that that's what's going to help them see that it's a genuine show that is going to pique their interest. I, I've been reflecting on this over the last you know year or so, or oh, maybe two years since, since we went through cancer here. How do you have a, a wonderful home life? How do you have a fantastic career? How do you handle the wife, the kids, the all of that stuff, and still give your energy, um, divided and individual, to your audience? And, and the answer I found um, is being strategic with the things that you are personal about and being strategic with the way you automate stuff. Now, I know you've done a lot of work through G Suite, as have I, on automating certain processes. Talk to us a little bit about your workflow. How are you able to get done what you need? And how have you perhaps built your own virtual assistant through Google Tools? Yeah, definitely. So part of um, that whole automation piece is making sure that I can... One, be in charge of how the message is getting out. 
but at the same time, being able to not have to sit at my computer and click away at all those keys. So I do a lot of scheduling through TweetDeck or Hootsuite. A lot of if this, then that recipes, they're going to push out my tweets. Um, I'm starting to investigate a little bit more with how I can actually automate the blog posts um, with if this, then that as well. And that's starting to come along really nicely. But outside of that, in the G, in the G Suite tools, I do a whole lot of work with the those new vision cloud tools, the Autocrat, the Formule, to generate the PDFs, to auto-respond to the emails when someone shoots something over via Google Form, and making sure the right person gets the right email template. We do a lot more of that in the office than I have going on with the podcast right now. But I'll tell you, those Google Form and Google Sheet add-ons are absolutely worth their weight in gold because one click, a thousand emails. I haven't quite dug into the newsletter yet, but you know that's something that's coming soon, I assume. And, and that's that, I'm glad that you mentioned that because for so many podcasters, the best way to connect with that audience is through the email, right? Now we can get around it. If you, again, you know, Autocrat is our best friend. I love using Formule, same kind of an idea as far as the mail merge and stuff like that. But the best way to do that is, as JP just mentioned, you know, create a series of emails, you know, that introduce you to your audience, give them those links, put yourself in front of them when they're not um, actively onto your website. And, and that's the best way I find to grow your audience, to put things together. Um, w- tell me again, what's, what's your favorite app add-on? If you were to mention everything about your, you know, your Google automation, what's the one thing that you, you know, couldn't take away from you if you went to a desert island? Oh, gosh. I really have to think it's Formule. Good. <laughs> I like because you have the... I'm, 14 email, yeah, 14 email templates in one spreadsheet. I'm not, we get our money's and it's zero dollars, but we really get our zero dollars worth on that one. Oh, okay. So JP is going to be coming on a future show to talk just about formula. We will make sure that we put that all together because that, that's yeah, an awesome definitely. topic. Hey, maybe we can do that for the podcasting show for the, for the tech code show. You never know, right? Now, talk to us a little bit about the final outcome here. You have your show, you get it all set up, you're ready to go. What's your publishing strategy? Because so many podcasters say, I'm done. Great. Episode done. Send. Then what happens? So this is something that I've really been trying to refine a little bit lately. Um, You know, I'm going to hit publish and I'm going to have, once I publish, I have a tweet that goes right out to the bits and bytes account, but that's not going to be my my biggest target. Um, I'm going to publish a couple of different tweets. I'm going to go to Instagram. I u- actually use a web app called Headliner that puts out a really sharp little video. Um, I'll take my kind of cold open, and it's 15 seconds me saying what's going to be on the show. I'll grab that audio, throw it over an image that I've made for an Instagram story and an Instagram post, and then it kind of gives a little sound bars that go along with it. And it turns into a really nice 10, 15 second video. So I'm going to throw that out on Twitter, out on Instagram, because we know the images are going to get more attention than just text and videos are going to get more attention than images. So I'm going to put that out in image and in video throughout the the couple weeks between one air date and the next air date. The other thing I've started doing is in my show notes, my Google doc, that's not forward facing. I'm going to keep a list of everyone who gets shouted out in the episode. 
And then I'm going to automate a tweet about three days after the episode comes out um, via my tweet deck just to let everyone know who got shouted out in the episode and link back to it one more time. That's a pretty awesome process right there. And so with that, you know, there's not a whole lot of like magic automation. I know you talk a lot about WordPress and I don't have any of that going on right now, but for what I have, I think that that's, you know, that's an, an interesting little workflow that I'm trying to see how that's going to continue to generate more listens. That's awesome. It, it, look, if anybody's out there listening to this and has any questions, you know, you can always check us out over here on Twitter at podcasting today. Be happy to connect you. But JP, of course, on Twitter is JP Prez, J-P-P-R-E-Z-Z. And of course, JP, your, your podcasting Twitter is at bits and bytes edu that's bytes of technology not bytes of food now jp you've been awesome with your time to come on and your show is fantastic definitely check them out over at jpprez.com um, i know you've listened to this show before it is the ending of the show before we wrap up i want to give you the opportunity to to take the the, the famous the world famous quiz are you ready to take the jersey five I am ready for the jersey. You had me hanging there for a second, my friend. I was wasn't sure if you were going to say yes to that one. All right, here we go. Five questions that are that are designed to make you think. Each one gets a little bit harder. JP, number one, your favorite Twitter or hashtag to follow, and why? All right, so I'm going to be a bit of a homer on this one, and I'm going to say my favorite hashtag is actually my district learning hashtag, hmm. hashtag C6Learns, because even on days that I'm in my office or I'm just in one building, I can still see the learning that's happening all around my school district. And no matter what I'm doing, really everything I'm doing is to become a better educator for those kids in my home district. So I really have to stick with the hashtag C6Learns. Question number two, your favorite educational tool to use and why? You know, I'm going to go a little broad and I'm going to live in the G Suite realm here. And I'm going to say that because a lot of times when I'm working with teachers, they'll always ask me, what's the next big app? What's the next big thing I need to be focused on? And I always tell teachers, let's not get lost in a sea of apps and instead focus on the G Suite tools that we already know and love and how we can make them work for us and do some of these new and innovative things that you may be trying to do with a different kind of app. All right. So I got to ask you to narrow that one down. Your, your favorite G Suite app to use. All right. So let's go into Google Forms since we were just talking all about Google Forms because okay. there's no way to collect data and share it around like a Google Form. All right. So we got Google Forms. Number three, best advice you've ever been given as a podcaster. The best advice I've been given as a podcaster is to just hit record. No one's going to hear your story if you don't turn on the mic. Uh, very, very good advice. All right. Number four, what do you hope your... Now, I'm going to give you the option here. The question is usually, what do you hope your students remember about you when they graduate? But I'll give you the option B, which is, what do you hope your listeners remember about your show after they finish listening to it. So I'll give you the option here. Well, I'm going to actually go with the first one. So what am I, what do I hope my students remember? And I'm going to look at that as students and teachers, you know, as 
learners in the classroom, I want my I always wanted my students to remember that I wasn't afraid to take a risk and try something new and different. I was famous for telling my kids, we're going to try something new today. It might be great. It might be a flop. And I was hoping that by modeling that kind of failing forward and modeling that risk taking, it was going to impact them on a larger scale. And for my teachers, I always want them to remember that I'm someone who's there to support and help out, even though there's only one of me and 800 of them. All right. So we're going to do 4B. What do you hope your, your listeners take away from your show? I hope my listeners take away the idea that, you know, I the last segment I do is what I'm learning. So and I, I do that to model that I'm always a learner. There's always something I'm picking up. So that's why I want my learners to pick up that I'm always learning and that being a lifelong learner is what we do as educators. And that segues perfectly into number five. What is the best teachable moment you've ever had? So the my best teachable moment, it was actually in the last year or so when I had some health issues and I was out of work for a little bit of time and everyone on my team, they stepped up, they did the work that needed to be done. So I know that there's no I in team and everyone can help out. The website is jpprez with two z's.com. JP, thank you so much for your time today. Good luck with both of your shows. And you never know, you might see JP show up here on, a, on an Ask the Tech Coach future episode. I don't know. I'm trying to twist his arm to come on the show in the next couple of weeks here. So, JP, thank you so much for your time. Tell us one more time where can everybody get a hold of you on your website and on your social channels? Jeff, thank you so much for having me on today. It's been a great conversation. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at jpprez. That's at jpprez. J-P-P-R-E-Z-Z, and connect with my podcast at Bits and Bytes E-D-U. And don't forget out there that we have our brand new TeacherCast Ultimate Guide to Podcasting, teaching you everything about how to find your avatar, create the answers to those avatar questions, planning your podcast, recording it is complete with all of the app recommendations, the equipment recommendations, how to edit, how to post-production, and a lot of tips and tricks. It is 10,000 words. It is the biggest piece of writing I've ever done since I got my master's degree. I'll tell you that. But it is all for you guys out there. And you can download it today along with many other things over on educationalpodcasting.com. We can, you can download for free our TeacherCast Ultimate Guide to Podcasting. You can also download our free seo friendly show notes graphics and you can also download our free editorial calendar many of you guys out there looking to start your podcast have a ton of ideas how do you keep everything organized we have for you guys a free google sheets template that is an editorial calendar for your blog and podcast i'm getting some great reviews on this and i want to hear what you guys are thinking about it but the only way to get it is to go over to educationalpodcasting.com and check it out today. On behalf of JP and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, I hope you guys are having a great time as the school year ends. I'm hoping to see you guys at ISTE. And on behalf of everybody here on the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. <laughs>